Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due. Welcome into another edition of We're Talking tonight. Dave Amato is back with us talking Raging Cajun football. Uh, Dave, I know, I know, uh, I know you made it over to Austin, which is always a good trip in itself. Uh, before before you get, before we talk a little bit about the game here, did, did you have any good food? I know there's there's most of the food in Texas. The barbecue is horrible, so I I mean I'd hate to know that you that you, that you found yeah. anything worthwhile. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Look, one of my favorite places in Austin to go is uh, Stubbs Barbecue. I don't know if you've ever been there, but uh, you can buy his barbecue sauce at most of the local grocery stores. But uh, Stubbs is one of my favorite places to go to. So I made a trip there. And um, I also found a couple of breweries that had some good food. So I enjoyed some uh, some good foods and some new breweries that I hadn't been to, which is always fun for me. Good deal. Uh, besides the uh, heat at the game and everything, um, how were the fans there? I mean, were they were they inviting? I mean, oh yeah, I I, I made this comment to the group. Uh, I, I left my hotel room early um, that morning and I I drove over to the stadium and I think I may have been the first Cajun fan at the stadium. Uh, I walked around the entire couldn't find one person that was a Cajun fan and it was it was early I say it was probably around 9 30 in the morning uh when I got there and uh, I think they most of the Cajun fans started showing up a little, about an hour later or so um but yeah I, I had plenty of people come up to me and, and ask me to come by and talk to them and everybody said hello it was a really good atmosphere it's a wonderful place I've never been inside of that stadium before um I've been to it and driven around it and that was the first time inside. It's an amazing place. Um, it was, uh, <laughs> we were making a, a, you know, they made a $200 million renovation to one of their end zones. Yeah. Um, and uh, the running joke was that it looks like a uterus. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen a picture of the Longhorn in I the have. Uh, end zone. Um so it was, uh, but it's a beautiful place. I mean, it was, and the fans were awesome. So overall, we had a great, great time. The uh, the Cajun fans came out and showed up. It was, we had a really good time. I think the Alumni Association said there were 480 people that signed up for the alumni tent, um, which was a nice showing. And then uh, we had, I mean, in the stands, there, there was a lot of red uh, in our section. And then there was a peppered throughout the stadium so it was a good time and and obviously it didn't end how we wanted it to but but look the Cajuns put up a good fight for uh, you know at least the first half and and I, I, I there's some good positives to come away from the game and there's a lot of negatives to come away but I think going in that most we had to play a perfect game or close to it and and Texas was going to have to struggle and they didn't struggle at all and 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 we we didn't play a perfect game. I mean, we had some hiccups here or there. So I think at the end of the day, they were the better team and they showed it. Um, but, but I think there's a lot of things that we can come away from that game and say, Hey, we'll be okay. Right. We still have a lot of games to play. That game was going to be the tough 
us one on our schedule. Um, but but at the end of the day, we played, uh, you know, as, as well as we may have been able to in that atmosphere. And we just came up short. So let's we got 11 more to play and uh, let's go win those. Right. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, uh, you know, it wasn't the outcome we wanted. And I'm not I'm not not a moral victories guy, but um, and I, I don't think it was a moral victory. I think I think we have room to improve. But there was there was the sign there that, you know, it wasn't one of those games that we went up to Oklahoma State and it finished 67 to three or or 77 right. to 10 out at Washington State. So uh, but. Hey, you know, it's life. Sometimes you need a beating, and and, and I've, I'm always convinced. So, a early season win hurts you less than a late season win. So, yeah, and there's no there's no question about that. Look, I, I think anybody who watched the game, a third downs were the killer, right? They they got off. We we couldn't get off the field when they had the ball on third down, and and they stopped us way too many times in the first half on. That was the difference in the game. Um, if we could have held them a number of those third downs, I think it makes it a different game. And it, it, you know, I think in the first half they might have been eight out of ten on third down conversions, and we were o for whatever o for all of them. how many they yeah. had, but we were o for all of them. Uh, so that that that's a difference maker in any football game. I, you know, I I told somebody the the, the turn. I, I know we talked about the turnover battle being a, a, a big piece. But at the end of the day, I don't the, the one fumble we had didn't change the outcome of the game because it was late in the game. All it would have done was give us a, a, a moral touchdown late in the game. So I don't think that was a big piece of it. But uh, look, hey, we, we hopefully coach uh, Napier and the gang come away with that and say, hey, let's move on. We got to we got a, a lot more games to play and we've got to win a majority of them. So so. Well, you're listening. To we're talking with. Oh, we're talking. Ah, we're listening. You're listening to. We're talking with Craig Malasso and uh, Dave Amato tonight. With uh, let's move on. Um, we got Nichols coming in this weekend. The Colonels. Uh, you know they took on Memphis last week. You know the interest. I, I shouldn't say it's an interesting part because I haven't looked at all their all the teams in the Sun Belt. Uh, the Southland, excuse me, but you know. Uh, Southeastern was the only one that won and I don't know who they played and I don't know who the other ones played. Uh, so, I mean, it was probably, they were probably all playing uh, a group of five teams or power five teams. So not surprising at all there. Uh, but no, uh, no, not at all. what do you expect out of Memphis? Let's deal with the uh, offense first. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Look, I, they, they, they were, look, and I've got to apologize to a lot of people for our last conference, uh, last call that we had. I was mistaken and I was corrected. Uh, um, the Lindsey Scott that is the quarterback at Nichols is not the son of the Lindsey Scott who played for the Saints. Um, he is a different Lindsey Scott Jr. <laughs> and I guess I was, uh, I had no idea either. And uh, I guess when you think of Lindsey Scott, I mean, for us, uh, a certain age, you know, it was Saints and I believe also uh, Georgia played uh, long. Yeah, that sides. is correct. Side Herschel Walker, I believe, at the same time, may that, have been different times. It is he. He had he had one of the most famous plays in Georgia history against Florida. Uh, it was the run Lindsey run play. Yes, uh, it was a la last second play of the game where they had to score, and he 
he took it the length of the field, which probably got that guy drafted um, yes. as early as he did and was a bust in the NFL, by the way. Yes, yeah, so he was not a number one pick. So, but yeah. uh, he, well, he we spent a lot of time talking about Lindsay's did not have anything to do with the Lindsay yes. Scott who played for, for Nichols. But no, this Lindsay Scott is good. Um, he, he started his uh, college career at, at and uh, did, uh, then transferred. Go, I'm sorry, go ahead. Where did you say uh, you broke up there for a second? I'm not sure if there are oh. call listeners. Yeah, no, he started his college career at LSU. Okay. Um, he he then uh, had transferred out. He played a season at, uh, at EMCC in Mississippi in junior college, then transferred to uh, Missouri where he did not play at all, and then now ended up at Nichols. And I think Nichols is the right place for him. I, I, I Look, I think he's who probably at the um, – FBS level would be better served playing a different position. Um, but at the FCS level, he's probably a really good quarterback. So I, I think it's it's the right place for him to be. He was their leading rusher and their leading passer last season. He is how their offense goes. Um, he is very dangerous with his legs. Uh, I think he finished in seven games last year with almost 500 yards rushing. Um, so he's going to be a guy we have to watch out for. Look, I, here's the here's the deal with Nichols in, in a nutshell. Offensively, they're good. They're good at a lot of positions. Their biggest problem last year, and I think it's going to be their biggest problem this year because they, they don't have a lot of changes from last year, is on the defensive side of the ball where they were horrendous. Um, I think they had – they had a couple of games last year, at least one where they gave up 70 plus points to, I think it was Sam Houston. Um, they lost a game to McNeese, who McNeese is horrendous. I mean, if you saw, they lost this week to a Division II football team. Um, so, so this team is bad on defense, and I don't think they got any better. It's their offense that's going to make them go. They've got a pretty good running back uh, in Julian Gums, who uh, ran for about 5.1 yards a carry last year. Um, and then with him and Scott, who are going to carry most of the load, I think they had they had 28 carries on the ground during the game against Memphis, and, and those two guys carried the ball, 20 of them. So they don't have a lot behind them. It's those two guys who are going to run the ball the most. What are, you, what are you looking at on the receivers? Because I noticed that, uh, and, and I did not watch the game, but uh, Lindsey Scott Jr., 17 for 30, 194 yards. Not a bad day, one TD. I mean, against the Memphis team that we've got to admit is pretty damn good. Uh, right. Um, so yeah, they've got they've got a couple of weapons at wide receiver, specifically uh, their number one guy. His last name's Dixon, yep. uh, Dejon Dixon. He was their leading receiver last year, and he had a huge game against Memphis. He had seven catches for 107 yards. He's he's their their main guy. Um, their number two guy is KJ Franklin, who had a pretty good game as well. He had five catches and a touchdown. And, and uh, they've got another player, Dante's Costly. All three were all Sun Belt. I mean, all Southland Conference players last year. Two of them were first teamers and one of them was a third teamer. So they've got good receivers. I think that's not going to be a problem. They return all five of their offensive linemen 
from last year, including an All-American in uh, FCS guard in P.J. Burkhalter, who uh, is probably their main guy there. But they, they had two other guys that were all Southland Conference players on the offensive side of the ball as well. So, so their offensive line's good. Their receivers are good. Their quarterback is very good. Um, and their running back is, is, is very serviceable. So offensively, that's, they're going to be a team that's going to, they're going to move the ball. I mean, the the Cajuns are going to have to stop them, um, which I think they will more than they don't, but it's still going to be a team that that's going to be able to move the ball against the Cajuns. Before we get to their defense, I'm looking at last year's schedule and I have no idea where Lincoln was. I know Lincoln, Missouri, obviously, but not, is there, is that Lincoln Missouri College? But they lost eighty-seven to three. No, they yeah, won. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They, they won, won eighty-seven to three. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. Getting, they I'm, won I'm, that one big later in the season. I take it that might be a junior break. college. Yeah. 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 Later in the season, they lost the game to I think it was Sam Houston, and it was uh, Sam Houston put up seventy points on them. It was 71 to 17 in that game. And they turned around the next week or um, excuse me, two weeks later and beat incarnate word 75 to 45. So if you look at their scoring here, now that I'm seeing the losses and the wins in the correct spot, uh, 87, 55, 31, 17, 75, 31, 45. So obviously they're able to move the ball and score. Now I think, uh, uh, you know, they, they, their, their game against, uh, they scored 17 uh, and, and 10 points of that was in the second half against Memphis. So, um, yeah, I, I, they, I, they put up some yards against, against Memphis, but a lot of them, I, and I didn't, I did not, I have not had a chance to watch the game, but yeah. I think most of them were in, you know, mop up fashion. It wasn't, it wasn't in when the game was really competitive, but like they weren't expected to win the game. They didn't win the game, but they weren't embarrassed either. Right. You know, no. they did. They, the, the problem they had was they couldn't stop Memphis. I mean, if you look at Memphis's numbers, Memphis, yeah. I, I think had almost 500 yards of offense. So, I mean, it, it, it was, they were able to move the ball and that's their biggest problem. I think. Yeah. It looks like almost 600 yards of offense. So yeah, I knew yeah. it was, I knew it was quite a bit. And, uh, and it was a 29 to seven game at halftime. So, uh, you yeah. know, Memphis only scored 13 points in the second half. I'm sure they called the dogs off and started running the ball. So it is what it is. So, uh, we're going to take our first break right now. You're listening to, we're talking with Craig Malonso and Dave Amato. Well, uh, we'll be back right after this. If I can find the stop, here we go. Welcome back to We're Talking. Craig Malance on Dave Amato. Uh, we're talking about this Nichols team. We had just previewed the offense. Uh, seemed to have some weapons there. Seemed to have some, some, some opportunities, we'll say. But, man, I'm looking, Dave, at these scores. Just in, And when I say last year, though, it's actually this year because they played February through April, which I think uh, gives them a, a little leg up because – they don't have as much time in between the end of April and when they finished. Uh, but, you know, they were able to put up some points with 87 against whoever Lincoln, Missouri is uh, 55 against Lamar 31 against Northwestern state 75 against incarnate word. Now, but incarnate word scored 45 against them. 
and they finished out yep. the season losing 43 to 31 and 52 to 45. Again, nice scores from a 31 and 45, but two losses. So, yeah, and they finished they finished the season with three of their last four games were losses. They were 3 and 0 going into the last four games and and really just fell apart. Um and and they played some good teams. Three of those four teams were nationally ranked in the uh, FCS, but uh, and they won one of those. <laughs> Ironically, they lost to a bad McNeese team and and a, a good a good uh, Sam Houston team, and uh, they they lost to Southeastern, I believe, as well. Yes, that is correct. Mistaken. Yeah. So they they. Look, they again. We talked about it in the first half. They, their offense is where it's at. Their defense is not. It's it, that's going to be their biggest problem, and 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 it showed the spring. And and like I said, they didn't have a whole lot of changeover from the spring till now. Um, and I don't know how much of a advantage it is to play in the spring because they didn't really get a break either. So you can look at it either way, right? You can look at it as if it was. It's great because they're they've been practicing the whole time or close to it. Or you can look at it like, man, these guys got no break, right? <laughs> so, so. Um, well, they didn't play a full schedule, so I think that I, I think that helped right. them with only seven games. And that seven same Houston games. State team that they they lost to, seventy one seventeen, won the uh, FCS national championship. So correct. correct. Uh, which, yeah. Which which beat I believe. Uh, I thought they had played in uh, South Dakota State, which beat Colorado. I think it State. was South Dakota. Yeah, um, they, yeah. They, they beat. Uh, they played Mammoth, North North Dakota State, and James Madison in the playoffs. So. Oh, James Madison. Okay. So, all right. I think James Madison played them, but I'm not going into all that. That's a lot of clicking in here. But right. Uh. Any positives on their defense? Again, I know, I mean, it's kind of hard to pull a lot from that, losing three out of their last four games. Yeah, there's, if there's any positive um, in in Nichols' defense, it's in the back, the back four guys. Um, they've got a first team, uh, all Southland Conference guy at safety, Kevin Moore, who was the leading tackler last week for them. And he's, he's really a good player. The other two guys, Jarius Monroe and Malik Woodery at cornerback. Um, and then they've got another guy, Jordan Jackson, at safety. Um, they're much better on the back end. And there's no question about it. I, I, I had notes here. Uh, Memphis rushed for 322 yards. They threw for 265. So they, you know, they put up tons of yards against them. But again, if you rush for 322 yards you don't need to throw the team, you don't have to throw the ball that much. Their front seven is a problem. They've got one really good player up front uh, in Percy Gancy, um, and I think he's probably their their best uh, interior lineman. And at linebacker, they, they've got some problems. Um, they did have a player, Elijah Reams, who had a pretty good game uh, against Memphis. But, but uh, outside of that, I don't see much that's a – that's really good. I know one of their linebackers linebackers is, is, is probably their mainstay, Hayden Shahan. Uh, he was their second leading tackler. But, but again, if, if 
if Memphis rushed for 322 yards, and I'm not saying we're going to rush for 322 yards against them, we should be able to pound them, which will open up the game a little bit for uh, Levi to throw the ball uh, down the field. So, so I think it's going to be our advantage is going to be our big offensive line against their really weak defensive line. And that's going to be where the Cajuns have to make their hay in this game. And I, and I think they will. Um, I, I, I don't remember, but I thought if I was looking at it, the, the time of possession in the, uh, the Memphis game was, was very, very pro Memphis. Like Memphis just ate up the clock, just running the ball down the field. And they, they just, again, you mentioned it earlier, the game wasn't close. Um, in the first half, it was just, it, it was never really a close game, even though Memphis called off the dogs at the end of the game. So, and again, look, they get some, they, they've got some returning guys on special teams as well, but one of them's a punter that transfers from ULM and he's not very good. He, I think he averaged 37 yards a punt last season. Um, I'm sorry, he's, he was 37 yards a punt last week, but he has never averaged over were like 36, 37 yards in his career. Um, so I don't think he's a, a threat. Their kicker is pretty good from inside of 35 yards, but he's never kicked the field goal longer than 35 yards. So I think they, you know, if it's a questionable kick, they're going to go for it. And they're just going to yeah, kind of like the Cajuns were a few years ago where we only kicked field goals when it was inside of 35 yards. Yep. Um, so they don't have a lot of weapons on, on special teams. They don't have a lot of weapons on defense. It's really going to be the come down to the Cajuns slowing them down on offense. And I think they will, but they're going to get their yards. Like I said, they got their yards against uh, Memphis. So they're going to get some yards against us. We just need to go out, put up some points early, get the game out of control and then and then take it from there, kind of like Memphis did. It'll be the same, the same. Uh, I think the same game plan that Memphis had: get out early, take the lead, win early, and then and then just cruise from there. Yeah, time of possession was was almost identical. Two and a half minutes difference. Oh, was it? Okay. So uh, okay. 20, twenty-eight forty-five to thirty-one fifteen. But if you look at the total yards, two ninety-nine to five eighty-seven. So uh, yeah. you know, nearly three hundred more yards um it is is just it, it's it, it's hard to go by i tell uh, you one of my one of my favorite things about looking this team up and doing some research on them was and i, I think we briefly talked about it last week was is their coaching staff yeah um i mean everybody knows about tim rebo and his history with the cajun so that's one piece of it but as you go down the entire uh, coaching staff, the names on that coaching staff will just blow you away. Their offensive coordinator uh, spent five years with the Cajuns from 01 to 06. Their defensive coordinator coordinator is uh, Tommy Rybacki, who was with the Cajuns from 11 to 13. Uh, Marquise Lovins was a running back coach for the Cajuns for a short period of time. Sean Murphy was a graduate assistant at, at UL. Lionel Stokes, everybody remembers him as a player for the Cajuns. He's their safeties coach um, and, and uh, quarterbacks coach. And their safeties coach is Brian Wallace, who coached for the Cajuns from 09 to 11. So outside of about two or three coaches on the entire staff, 
these this is a very Cajun, uh, at least historically Cajun uh, coaching staff. These guys know the Cajuns very well. They know the, the city very well. So it's it's going to be interesting. They, they, you know, especially guys like Lionel Stokes and 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 Tim Rebo specifically, who spent a lot of time here. Yeah, it, it's you know, and that's one of the thing I think all Cajun fans or majority of Cajun fans uh, pull for Coach Rebo and that coaching staff when we're not playing each other, obviously. Uh, oh, I, I'd love for this team to win every game they have left on their schedule after they uh, after we play them. Uh, I would love for them to finish the season well. Um, they're just going to have to figure out that defense because that's going to be a problem. Yeah, it doesn't look good so far. So, uh, but hopefully the Cajuns, uh, you know, it'll hopefully the Cajuns can uh, rest uh, Levi in the second half, but get him some opportunities in the first half to. Um, his groove back, I'll get, I guess I'll say, and I think he was a little shaken by by Texas. Uh, uh, maybe not a little shaken, but uh, you know what I mean. Just he, yeah, it was thrown off. So no, I, I think and, absolutely. And then also give us the opportunity to uh, highlight some of these running backs, get them a chance to ground and pound, and maybe maybe even rest some of them because short week next week with Ohio coming in. So. Uh, yeah, and look, I was I look, I I, I was worried about Chris Smith and and he didn't put up huge numbers, but he had a, a pretty good game. Um Chris Smith's going to be fine. Um I really like the way how hard Imani Bailey ran in that game. I know his numbers were not none of the running back numbers were huge, but I think they they all had their moments in that game. So I like it'll be fun to see them play against some competition where they put up some yards and see what they do against guys that, that we're we should be on paper much better than well for me i can tell you i uh i love the way monty bailey runs the ball and it may not be this year yeah. but i think he's going to be a star uh yeah and, and I, the nice I, part I, about it is he's still a freshman because of last year's COVID season that's so. exactly right and and yeah no look they only ran three running backs in that game but i i think we've we got a lot of positives out of that running running back room. I think it's going to be fun for a couple of years after this. They're they're all very very young, so that's going to be you know the oldest one is a sophomore. Yeah, right. So it's going to be interesting. Did you uh, and, and, and I don't know if you want to go on to more about Nichols, but did you get to look at any of the Sun Belt scores this uh, from uh, the past week? No, I I did a little bit. I know uh, George Southern struggled a little bit with Wolford, but they're they were down to their second or third string quarterback for the first two games, something like that. Uh, Troy won. Yeah. Uh, Jay and I talked about it a little bit the other night, uh, but no, I thought the Sun Belt did okay. I mean, I, I think uh, I think App State looks really strong. Um, App, App looks very good. South Alabama surprised yeah. me, not because they won the way they won. They won thirty-one yeah. to seven. Um, Georgia State was probably the biggest embarrassment of the conference. Yeah. Um, they did not show up at all for that Army game. And I wanted to talk – I just wanted to throw this out there. This is something I have never seen in college football. And, look, we all know that Army doesn't throw the ball very often. Army threw four passes in that football game. They completed three. They were completed by three different quarterbacks. <laughs> and two of them were for touchdowns. So, so, so again, they only threw four passes. They completed three, three different quarterbacks completed one pass a piece and two of them threw touchdown passes in that game. So 
it was uh, it wasn't even close and and that was that was the shocker to me um texas state put up a good game against baylor but they 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 lose like they always lose yeah it's kind of it's kind of time for them and jay mentioned this kind of for them to 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 put up to put up and either to play or 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 do something but you can't you can't keep having moral victories and that's what they've they've, they've been having um so this week will be interesting there's some good there's some good sunbelt games uh this week that'll give us a good idea of where some of these teams are we're playing a lot of like opponents um, I think, uh, obviously the big ones, coastal and Kansas, right. Yeah. To see where coastal is, which I think they'll win that game. Georgia Southern gets FAU South Alabama has Bowling green app gets, um, Miami, Texas state plays FIU. So that's another good one. Troy and Liberty. That's a good one. Memphis and Arkansas state. And then, of course, uh, us and Nichols and then Georgia State plays North Carolina, which I don't think will be much of a Yeah. Well, it'll be an interesting week this week. Uh, I'll look forward more to watching the scores and following the scores this week. This past weekend with with the hurricane, who I, I can't stress to everybody, if you have the opportunity to give, go find somewhere to give. Uh, even if it's five dollars, the people in, in uh, down along the coast are, are still hurting and can still use your help. So, but with this week with the the hurricane and uh, and just our game being so huge, I didn't get. I had had another game up. I won't mention that game because that team fell fatter in their face in the last quarter of the game, and they might be just to the north of us, but. I got great joy out of that, uh, and I'm not—I'm yeah. not a huge fan of that state to the to the to the east of us either. But uh, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. So yeah, yeah I do. Uh, sometimes you have to find the good in everything, and the good I found was that team losing on on on, on this. Yeah, first and I I had a little joy in the team due east of us losing as well. I watched a little bit of that one. Yep. Um, and uh, it was uh, th- they've got some problems in that in, in there as well. So. so. All right, Dave. Well, thanks. Uh, we'll be back next week with Dave. Hopefully, we got to figure out a time. Uh, not throwing this down on uh, hopefully Wednesday night uh, next week with the game being on Thursday. But uh, hopefully Dave will be able to join us with Russ Einstein joining us also uh, next week. Uh, uh, Russ is the voice of the Ohio University Bobcats. Uh, He'll be joining me next week to talk a little football with them coming in next week. We'll also have Jay Walker on doing a recap of the Cajuns game and uh, probably more importantly this week, uh, uh, a recap of what, what happened in the Sun Belt. So, uh, Dave, any last words of wisdom before we we head out tonight? No. Well, number one, um, please, please, please go to the game. Um, If you're listening to this uh, podcast, um, I know we're coming off of a loss, but we need to get as many people in, in, in Cajun Field as possible. So, please, if you are available and you can go to the game, please buy your tickets and show up and support these guys. This is a good football team and we all need to be supporting them. Second of all, and more importantly, you did not ask me and you did not tell me what, what 
adult beverage I you know. have been drinking this evening. Okay, because I've I've been sipping slow, and I've been uh, I I told you I was feeling a little bit under. I, I went to the old standby, the old Forester nineteen ten, old fine whiskey. But more importantly, Dave, what are you sipping tonight? <laughs> so I uh, I actually brought this out specifically for you. I am drinking a a raging Cajun um, from Bayou Tesh Brewing. Uh, it is not my I love Bayou Tesh Brewing yeah. beers. It's not my favorite of all of them, but I had a thing last season where I would drink one before every football game that the Cajuns play. So I went and bought a six pack. I do believe the reason we lost last week was because I did not have my raging Cajun beer. So I went and bought a six pack. I had one tonight, but I will be ready for one on Saturday and also on Thursday as well. Well, good. And I'm glad, uh, you know, we brought a case of that to Georgia one year for some of the fans at Georgia, uh, Georgia Southern, excuse me, we went to Georgia, but Georgia Southern, uh, we brought them a case to enjoy uh, Raging Cajun beer. And as we uh, proceeded to beat them, but uh, yeah. it was during basketball, se- <laughs> during basketball season, but that you, you I, I agree with you totally. I'm not superstitious, but at the same time, why take a chance? Why take so, any chances? That's exactly right. I can tell you that I made, 26 of the the 31 32 basketball games the cajuns played in 2017 18 and um i know for the game specifically uh we lost and i felt it was my fault because before the other games traveling jay and i always used to listen to santa esmeralda's don't let me be misunderstood in the games that we didn't listen to it, we lost. So it was your fault. It was your fault. And I, again, I should have had a raising Cajun with me when I was in Austin. And uh, so I'm, I'm bringing back the tradition this year and uh, starting it up again. So, all right. Well, good deal, Dave. Thank you for tonight. Uh, we'll be in touch Absolutely. during the week and uh, we'll talk more, see what, how, how we can schedule you. And hopefully you're able to make it when Russ, Russ can make it on. Uh, and also Russ will be on a couple different radio shows. I'm trying to set up once we get him on and I find out when and where he'll be on the radio stations, I will let you know. So for we're talking tonight, Craig Melanson, Dave Amato, we'll see you next week or hear you next week. No, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, we're talking too much. <laughs>